Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. I know it's early on in Vic's career there as a head coach. You can feel what we saw schematically. You can see that uh, with his with his team there. He's not changing anything. He's putting a stamp on everything that he's believed in in the last 32 years. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Today is a special and exciting day for the Denver Broncos. We'd like to welcome Coach Vic Fangio to the Denver Broncos and to our community. We're just going in with our antennas up, playing our game plan, being able to shut down everything that they have. We just got to play all type of ball. Be aggressive, have fun, have each other back, and just play all type of ball. With WGN's Adam Hogue. You want to go do karate in the garage? Brothers got a There should be no ranking system for toughness. And from the athletic, Adam Johns. Did you touch my drum set? You want a piece of me? Did you touch my drum set? The price is wrong, bitch. T minus five. Here they are. The Adams. Yeah, baby. It's on. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns. It's a new week. It's a new game. Broncos week. Some stepbrothers. been Broncos week. Stepbrother stuff in yes. there. I like it. I like to do some karate in the garage. I think a theme here is that every Will Ferrell movie is good. No, there's been some bad ones. Eh. But even his bad ones are still funny. Yes. Yes. Silly funny. Like, you could be like, yeah, it was a bad movie, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Step Brothers is a movie, like, the first time you see it, you're like, oh, it's okay. But the second time you see it. Yes, it gets even better. better. Yes, yes. And then it's the, now it's the type of movie, whenever it's on, like, I don't know, TBS or TNT, whatever, you watch it for a little bit. Yeah, like, I it's recently. reached that level, yeah. Recently, I saw, like, 20 minutes of it. Yes. And I was like, oh, I forgot how funny well, this It's one of those was. movies where, yeah, yeah, if it's randomly on television, I'll watch this for 15 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, welcome in. Episode 254, our week two preview episode. Got a big game with the Broncos to break down for you today. Got some storylines from Hallis Hall over the last couple of days we have to discuss. And we'll get into some week two predictions as well around the NFL. And even Adam Johns is forcing us every week to pick college football games for saying yes yes no uh follow us on twitter at adam hoge h-o-g-e at adam johns j-a-h-n-s our producer is the great joe romano who will be you'll be hearing from him a little bit later on as he contributes to our picks he puts the most effort in really culture history Spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. You can read us at wgnradio.com slash bears, the athletic, theathletic.com. You should be subscribing there. That's what you get where you get our bonus episode every Tuesday. Every week. I had somebody reach out on Twitter. I actually, I believe I forgot to respond, but they were confused about whether or not there's really three episodes a week because technically this week we we're only doing two, depending on which week you factor in Sunday's post game show. But because of the Thursday game last week, let me just try to explain this real quick. We did four last week. Because the post-game show after the Packer game would usually be on Sunday. So that would have been the third episode this week. So I realized it's been uh, it's been a long week. Yes. and this, A long, weird weekend. Yeah. As someone would say, Alice Hall. As someone would say, number 10, the, the quarterback. Uh, you love the interception questions. Like I was counting you for that. Anyway, stick with us with the schedule. The Bears have a lot of... Thursday games this year. They have three of them. They got a Monday night coming up. They so got a Monday night. schedule could be wacky yeah. again. But just trust us. There are three episodes a week. Some weeks, if there's two, there'll be four the week before or after. Just trust me on that. We had four last week, two this week. It comes out to three a week if you average it all together. So um, we're at the mercy of the NFL schedule. 
Because that's what we do. We cover an NFL team. That's how it works. That's our job, yes. yes. Correct. You are correct. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying the athletic episodes. We had a good one the other day. You can go back and listen to it if you would like. Uh, Dan Durkin joined us and broke down some hardcore football with us. Kevin Fishbane was on there. And uh, so some good things there as well. But this is your very normal week two preview episode that you're used to hearing and hopefully loving. And we'll... Uh, get into things right now where do you want to start let's start with the quarterback you have to start with the quarterback yeah what do you think of his news conference yesterday at Hallis hall it was interesting and i was as curious as anyone because i'm you know i'm the one who's been asking questions kind of about his confidence a little bit yeah after how down he was after the loss which we talked about in that post game episode last week and I, you know, the the press conference was over and another reporter in the room immediately came up to me and was like, what do you think about that? Didn't he seem a little bit down compared to normal? And I was like, yeah, compared to other Wednesday press conferences, maybe. He was, there was still some humor in there. Yeah, he was still much better than he was, you know, after the game. That's correct. Which you would hope. I agree. But uh, I guess the question is, are we analyzing this a little bit too much? Have we reached Jay Cutler body language press conference over analyzation yet? Not yet. We're getting there, I feel like. I think this it's is all bit, fair, though. This is a big week. Yes. Last week was a big week. I, I understand, but if Mitch had come out and played well and they still lost... This would be a very different 0 and 1 type Instead, week. Instead, the I game think. ended and an Adrian Amos of all people intercepting. Because him. part of the freak out here in Chicago Bears land is that all the talk on the offseason about Trubisky taking that next step, and it's not just from us, it's from them. It's from the Bears. Yep. It's from, from the head coach himself, Matt Nagy. It's from Mitch and how comfortable he is feeling with the offense and all that. You know, they built this up too. And then that happened. So, and then, so the reason why I was so interested in his mindset was because that had to be crushing for him. Because I, I don't think they were, they have no reason to overstate anything. I believe that they all believed it. And they probably still do. So if you believe and you're so convinced that you're going to come out and you're going to play better and you're going to know the offense and execute it and score a lot of points and beat the Packers and none of that happens. That's a tough reality check to swallow. And and so I think it I think it's a conversation a full where, plate of humble pie I called it after that. You did. So the question is was this a one bad week? And you give the opponent a lot of credit for how they played you and how they disguised coverages and they confused you into making bad decisions? Is it stuff that can be corrected? Or are we starting to go down a road here where there's self-doubt, there's doubt in the locker room? That's when you really start to worry if that starts to happen. That's not something we've seen. We've always believed that everyone in the locker room trusts Mitch and believes in Mitch. Okay. So I don't know that we're... I'm not saying we're there yet. But you go into Denver and you have another performance like that? I think we're on the edge of going down that road that nobody at Alice Hall wants to see. Is that fair? No, you're, it's fair. It's 100% fair. You know, Part of our job is reading the moods of things, which can be hard to, to gauge at times. But when Trubisky... Want, to the, the podium, the lectern, whatever you want to call it, not wearing his suit, that tipped me off right away. Something was amiss. Um, it was good to see some humor. I was troubled by the comment of, I don't know, I just want to play it, where he goes, um, I'm not supposed to talk about this. Yeah. Well, here, now we'll provide some context. Okay. I think it's important to play the question to um, our friend, Pat Finley. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? Well, he's been at Hallis Hall. And uh, 
I apologize if he wrote this. I haven't read it yet. It's been a busy morning. I'm assuming he wrote about the RPO situation. He was asking questions about the RPOs. Yes. Reading it, yes. yes. So, so that was the question posed. That's a story. He tipped his hand. He's doing stuff yeah. in RPOs. Because <laughs> yeah, he was asking Nagy about it, too. And All right. We're going, yes. Anyway, I do want to play the question to provide that context that that's what the question was about. So here's Pat Finley and the uh, exchange with Mitchell Trubisky. You talked about uh, the, the third and one RPO the other day, um, or Matt talked about it. What, can you walk us through just kind of everything you're evaluating when you're deciding whether to, to give it or, or keep it for a throw? Um, no, <laughs> I was told not to talk about the last game. Uh, there's a lot of decisions on each play, and uh, there's a lot of there's like three or four different plays built in one. Um, sometimes it's the right decision, sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes I make the wrong decision, but I make it right with the way I execute it. Um, but we're moving on to this week, and uh, we just got to be almost automatic in third and one. We got to just just make sure we get those. Was it Adam I was Adam amongst other people that we're moving on. See, I don't want to make too much. And not us, Adam, by the way. No, not us, Adam. Probably- so, so, yeah, that's Adam Whitman, the director of public relations, media relations for the Chicago Bears. Who handles Mitchell who, Trubisky. Yes, yes. He stands in the corner for every Trubisky press conference. Um, he briefs him before every press conference. And all players are briefed. We should preface with that. Nagy is briefed. Ryan Pace is briefed. That's what their job is, the public relations and media relations department. That's what their job is. This is what's being said. This is what's being written. This is probably what you're going to be asked This about. is some of the conversation. This is what we've been reading. All that stuff. I'm troubled by it, but I don't want, like, his comment, like, there's a slip there. But I'm also trying not to make too much out of it. Well, what troubles you? That people are in his head. Not just Adam Women. It's fine. Adam Woodman. And to be fair, it kind of belongs in his head. It's his job to help Mitch Trubisky. I'm just wondering if he's not zero dark ten. If he's just reading off his mood yesterday, which was filled with everything he said in that clip you just played mm-hmm. was said with smiles. You can actually hear him laughing a little bit. Yeah. Right? And by the way, it's completely fair for him to... I, what, as Pat was asking the question, I'm like, "There's no way he's going to answer this." Yes, because it's a it's a strategy thing. Yes, and they don't talk about strategy right. or scheme. But at the same, so if time, that was his answer, no, I can't talk about that specifically. There wouldn't have been a problem. But for him to say, "I was told not to talk about the yes, last game," yeah. But but at the same time, the question isn't even exactly Packers game specific. In a sense, it it could be an open ended question about your reads in general, which Trubisky kind of does answer. Right? Yeah. And to be honest, you're not giving anything away about... Re- Everybody knows what RPOs. You're, you're reading one guy, and you have a couple options within the play. The Bears aren't the only team in the league running RPOs. Defensive coordinators know what the reads are. Defensive ends, outside linebackers know who the read is. I'm just... You know? But the... The, the idea that... Yes, to go back to, to, to your confidence concerns and... You know, what's going on in his head. That, that was problematic to me. It seems like there's just too much going on for a quarterback who's trying to rid himself of this game. Does that make sense to you? Am, yeah. I, am I explaining myself fairly and thoroughly here? Well, yes, you are. I also found it interesting that multiple times in other answers after he said, I don't, I'm not going to talk about the last game or was told not to, he did talk about the last game. Yes. He kept going back to it. Yes. Um, and this is why... Which I wa- is fine, because this is the first time we're talking to him about, like... Right. I, I get we haven't the, talked to him since last yes, Thursday, I, after the game. That, that's the point. Yeah. Right? I don't care if it's wins or losses. The quarterback's going to be asked about it, because it's the first... He's reviewed it since then. We've all reviewed it since then. Yeah. Right? We've looked at advanced statistics. We have, the, the, we have more info from Nagy to go off of from his day after the game press conference. That's I just wonder where are they trying to to where did that come from? Don't talk about the last game. Well, the that I don't think it just originates with that women. I imagine that's a that's something that goes higher than him. That's what I'm wondering. Yes. 
like this Matt Nagy say, hey, we're turning the page. Yes. I don't know. Yes. I think the problem with this is people need to remember that the game was literally almost a week ago. It was a week ago. Yes. It's Thursday. From today, but but yesterday, in terms of Trubisky talking, it's a day away from being a week away. Mm -hmm. So this one game has been overanalyzed to a point of exhaustion. It's one game. Week one. Yeah, it has. And week ones don't exactly define with the best teams in the league are. It just simply doesn't. Yeah. Well, okay. So later in the press conference, I asked Mitch about... Okay, I, well, here. I'll leave the question in here. Just listen to this again. Just hit play, my friend. So much of the talk, obviously, has been about what went wrong. What are you feeling good about going into week two? Yeah, um... I feel good about the way I threw it and not not all the decisions, but the ball felt great coming out of my hands. I feel like I was seeing the defense um, well. And, uh, I mean, it, on a lot of those plays, it's just, it's just really close. And we had some really simple, simple things that went wrong. Um, some of it just flat out bad luck. Some of it bad communication. Some of it, we're just, it's, it's a game of inches. We just missed by inches. And you have a couple of plays uh, early on in the game that maybe went our way, then we might be looking at a whole different ball game. But that's not how football is. That's not how life is. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, but you just got to bounce back. And that's what we're trying to do that week. And we're trying to get those inches to go our way to make sure that, uh, that we're doing our jobs and we're going out there having fun. Last week, uh, that, that's not fun. That result is not fun. We got to bounce around, do our jobs, make plays, and uh, and have fun. Is he having fun right now? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, that and that's where I sort of go back to this this game. As was it just a a snow? It seemed like everybody was getting frustrated to the point we didn't see it happen last year. I mean, first series, and that includes the head coach, first series, second half. I, I don't know in front. Did they go three and out? They didn't go very far. If it wasn't, I think it was a three and out, though. And the offensive line was terrible. That's coming out of halftime. Yeah. And I'm sure they got, you know, they were told a lot of different things at halftime. And Nagy immediately goes to the offensive line as they're coming off the field and yells at them. Then walks away, starts to look at his play sheet, turns back around goes to the bench where they're all sitting down, reads them out again, you know, and that's not a criticism as a head coach. You got to do that sometimes, but that also speaks to the frustration that was starting to build. And I think it probably applied to everybody. It applied to the offensive line. It applied to the head coach. It applied to Mitchell Trubisky. It applied to some of these wide receivers who, I mean, I can't imagine Anthony Miller is happy about getting one target and only playing 16 snaps. That's just human nature as a wide receiver. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to be happy with that. And I think we're going to talk about that in a minute here. But, yeah, it gets back to what he's saying there. Nobody was having fun. Everybody was frustrated. And then you get down, end of the game, you're finally moving the ball. You're in the red zone for the first time all game. And on third down, when you didn't need to force a pass, you force a pass. And it gets picked off. Mm-hmm. By a guy whose biggest criticism here in Chicago is that he can get his hands on yeah, doesn't balls. Yeah, doesn't pick off balls. So, yeah. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. This is where, look, I know losses to the Green Bay Packers have always been immensely troubling for this organization. They're behind the Packers in a lot of ways. And a lot of it has to do with the, the quarterback position. Packers have had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, who is better than Brett Favre. The, pa- the Bears have had Cutler. Yes, he's brought stability, but a whole array of different guys. So I, I get it. But they got to be careful here. They already built this season up to be full of pomp and circumstance. Yep. Right? It, it is overwhelmingly full of it. I get it's the 100th season. I get it. It's special. I understand it. I don't want to seem like I'm ripping the nostalgia of this team. But this season is still special into itself. It's still unique into itself, right? Just because it's the 100th season doesn't mean things are going to go swimmingly. Let's not overreact to a Packers loss. Yes, it's the Packers, but it's still just week one. The Bears did a great job of that last year, but this, this year just felt different. Organizationally, they cannot overreact to what week one was. It was just a week one loss. 
Yes, it's to the Packers, divisional rival, Aaron Rodgers, all that. But there's still 15 games left to be played. And this seems to be, maybe it's just because it's been longer before the next game because they play on Thursday night, but this seems to be really sticking. Forget just Trubisky, but with the, the organization a bit here. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I just, that's what, that's what I'm just, the snowball effect that I keep referring to. It's got, they got to stop it. You know, yeah. like, I don't know that it's been stopped yet. It's fair. Yeah. That's a great way to it, put it. Yeah. And, and I don't know that Trubisky's press conference yesterday gave anyone any confidence that it's stopping. Yeah. We're going to stop. Yes. That's got to get decided Sunday in Denver. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's why I think it's a big opportunity. It's a team you should beat even on the road in a hostile environment. Great atmosphere in Denver. They have a, they have a good stadium, good crowd. It's always been good. They love their football there. And it's going to be tough. But good teams find a way to win there. Good quarterbacks find a way to overcome that adversity. And that's what Nagy always talks about. That's what he's been talking about all week. It's how you respond. And the only time they lost two games in a row last year was, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the only times they lost, the only time they lost two games in a row last year was after they had that debacle in Miami. They came home, and they lost a game to the Patriots, who went on to win the Super Bowl. And it was kind of a different feeling because they played well enough to be in there. They, mm-hmm. when, when you came out of that game going, they can compete with the Patriots. Yeah. And the only reason why they lost is because they shot themselves in the foot twice on special teams. Yeah. Although in that game... Trubisky did underthrow Anthony Miller on a ball that could have been a touchdown to tie the game, and instead the Patriots went up. He missed, he missed Anthony Miller a couple so they, times I, in the game, but, I don't, he, but he still made enough plays to keep in the game. Yeah, Let's we not forget the, the wild scrambles. Exactly. So they were in that game. They, so it left you with a feeling that you could compete with the best, even though you lost two games in a row and were sitting at three and three. And I think that gave them a lot of confidence. And by the way, Khalil Mack wasn't 100% in that game. It gave you a lot of confidence going forward the rest of the season. And they only lost one game the rest of the year, okay, before the playoffs. I just can't imagine a scenario where you lose to the Broncos Sunday and you come out feeling like that. No, no, two. no. You're, you're, and there's some statistics that say you're screwed. And, and you're screwed. Now yes. the Texans last year were an, were an exception. Yeah. And the Seahawks started zero two after coming to Soldier Field and losing, and they still made the playoffs yes. as a wild yes. card. And what did the Colts start? One and five or something like that. Yeah. I One mean, and four. There are exceptions, but yes. there's not a ton. Yes. Well, at least with the weight that's on Trubisky, zero and two. I mean, he has to play exceptional. I, I almost feel like he has to get angry now. You know. Forget it. Something. Play. Yeah. Get aggressive. You know. He's best when he's when he's playing aggressive, playing loose. I did not see that at all in week one. Angry like Almost this. like a who cares mentality. Angry, you know? angry like this? Uh, you love the interception questions like I was counting you for that? I think that. it was after a win, too, when I asked him about that. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, Cardinals game, maybe? It might have been that. Mm-hmm. It came when I was going through my deep dive and I was going through all these quotes from last year. Yeah, I, that one came. It, <laughs> well, you have it on your iPad there that you love to play. I know, but the iPad doesn't have the context or even right. what the question was. And yes. I came across the exchange in a transcript. Yes. yes. Post game. Yes. <laughs> I do want to point out with Mitchell, and this kind of surprised me when I finally got through finishing the, the coach's film yesterday. I had him for nine pluses in the game. It's not like he didn't do anything. I, I think people are ignoring that. Like, Taylor Gabriel needs to make that catch along the sideline. I gave him a... Oh, yes. I'm also referring to the the crosser, the deep cross. The diver. The one that he was diving. And it hit him in the hand. I thought that was a good ball from Trubisky. Okay. I thought that was the only place he could have put it to make the play. And I, didn't, I don't think I docked Gabriel for... Not making it's the a catch. Tough catch. It was a yeah, tough, tough catch. catch. But it's, it's also one you want a wide receiver to make yes, for you. Yes. Guys need to make plays for the quarterback. Yes. Um, I think I gave Trubisky a plus on that. I yeah. thought it was a good ball for that spot. Yeah. And it just, you know, that's probably, well, you just heard the clip from Trubisky, an inch here or there. Yeah. That, that could have been, been yeah. a big it's one. It's like the Jermon Williams play, where he forced Allen Robinson out of bounds on that double move play down the right sideline. That was a dime. That's another one. Right? And I, I, the ebbs and flow. I asked Dave going about that, like specifically handling the ebbs and flows within that one game, right? How 
when Trubisky seemed to get things going, Matt Nagy willingly accepts a delay of game penalty. Yeah. Right? When he has two completions, not just short ones, to Allen Robinson, and then he rolls out to his right, hits Taylor Gabriel down the right side, and then a comeback. A bullet. Right? Completion. Things are going good for your quarterback. Then holding, holding. Like the ebbs and flows of that game, just in terms of helping your quarterback, this starts with your head coach, then your left tackle, all across the board, just wasn't there. He didn't get help. Yeah. He didn't get help. Yeah. But on the flip side, he needs to be better. His it's fair. His, yeah. his mistakes and things like docked him for were pretty bad. And there were way too many of them. And that's what we talk about with Trubisky. If he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, which at this point, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. He can't be the guy that's committing the mistakes, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you anyway, know, but what that's where we are with play him. Play calls on this. Like, we talked about this the other day. Um, we were texting about this. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson was fantastic the other night. Yeah. But then he had that one play nearly out of his own end zone where he went deep to DeAndre Hopkins, who was one-on-one down the field, which is egregious on the defense. That wasn't a great ball. Hopkins literally made the catch around the defender, around the back of his defender. But there's trust. That goes back to the bravado, you know, just going for it. Stuff you need to, need to see from Trubisky right now. That you're just not saying that we're all questioning because of his two news conference. And we may be psychoanalyzing this thing too much, but if we're going to continue to psychoanalyze, I think Mr. Trubisky needs to play a little bit angry. Yeah. Is that fair? Sure. I keep asking that. Like this conversation, I I feel like after week one is it's, almost spinning out of control. It's a little intense, and I think the fact that it's been a full week and there's still four days until the game is uh, part of the problem. Yes, and there's been a lot of time to analyze this thing. Yeah, but we'll we'll give it to Sunday. We'll we'll let this uh, play out. All right, before we pick the game. Let's talk about Anthony Miller a little bit, because I still, as I stepped away from the game, processed it over the weekend, got back in Monday, I still couldn't get over the fact that the guy only played 16 snaps, 22% of the offensive snaps. To me, too, it was seeing him on special teams at one point. Like, if he's not healthy, why is he out there trying to make a tackle? Right. And... He talked to uh, Arthur Arkish earlier in the week, I know, and I don't have the quote directly in front of me, but he said my ankle was 100%. He seemed to question why he was only playing 16 snaps, too. Correct. And there seems to be a disgruntledness there. There's something going on there because this is another guy that they haven't been reluctant to hype up. Now, maybe recently they have, but this was somebody they loved, they traded up for, seemed to show a pretty good amount of potential last year, despite playing hurt, and Nate's early in Bourbon, can't wait to see what this guy does. He has use of his arms now, he's healthy, can't wait to see what this guy does. Then he suffers an ankle injury. Missed a lot of time. Missed a lot of time, which is fair, but 16 snaps. Like, if you're going to tell me that Anthony Miller, who I think expectations are, he becomes your clear-cut number two wide receiver this year, by the end of the year. Yes. 16 snaps, 22%. I don't care if he's hurt or not. Like, okay, if you if he only played half the snaps, and you're like, oh, he didn't, you know, we'd ease him back into practice. He didn't have the whole game plan, whatever. Fine. I could deal with that. Adam, he wasn't, he wasn't targeted to the final two minutes of the He was the game. a no-show. Yes. No-show. And that's one of those things you go to the snap count the day after the game and you're like, well, was he a no-show because he wasn't open? Mitch was missing him. Oh, wait, he wasn't on the field. That's that that's an enormous red flag. Talk to Mike Furry about this. Bears wide receivers coach. And asked him, just said, hey, look, it was surprising. Guy only plays 16 snaps, one target. How do you explain that 
as his position coach? Well, I think you look at Taylor Gabriel. I mean, we only targeted him, what, two or three times also, you know. So uh, a lot of it's the nature of the game. A lot of it was uh, some stuff that we had set for uh, 2-9, you know. And so, uh, but uh, collectively, you know, Anthony, Anthony missed a lot of training camp and a lot of OTAs. So to be out there and be consistent and ask him to go in there, I just didn't feel comfortable enough to say, hey, let's go out there and put you in for 60-some plays. Yep, you haven't done anything yet, you know. And so uh, let's get out there and get consistent with what you have and line up and and uh, and uh, go in there and do what you're supposed to do and he did and so that that was exciting and so now we'll uh, we'll get back at this thing tomorrow so how does he handle that because he seems certainly seems like a guy who want, wants the ball like all your guys do yeah I mean they all want to win you know and we all want the ball I, sh- I still want the ball you know but uh, uh, that, that's just that's who you are human nature wise and so but you know he, he we have a great we have a great core of guys in our room, and he's part of that. And our, he knows uh, all those guys want to get the football and help our team win. And if they if we don't win and they don't get the football, then they should be mad. We all should be mad, you know. But uh, that time will come. That time will come. But right now, we just got to get back out and get to work tomorrow, and and uh, become more consistent at what we're supposed to do: get open, make plays, and uh, get this thing rolling. So a few things in there. Mm-hmm. I mean. When he's talking about, again, when he's talking about the mispractice time and not wanting to put him in there for 60 snaps, I understand that. There's a big difference between 60 and 16. That's what I'm struggling with still. You think it's a matter of trust? It sounds like it. This kind of dates back to, to last year, too. Yeah. Because, look, this is one of the problems, I think, with everybody having access to, like, the the All-22, right? look at it, you see Mitch Trubisky missing him, and he did miss him a lot last year. But there, there's usually more involved, forget those misses, just like in terms of like consistent production, like where he's supposed to be. Clearly something was off last year at times. Some of this may be the quarterback, some of that may be Anthony Miller, but he, like you bring it into this year. And Anthony Miller did not have a good camp either before he got hurt. You're right. Like what is... This offense is very nuanced, very detailed in terms of where Matt Nagy wants you to be at what time and what place. It's very complex. It seems like Anthony Miller is still learning how to find himself in this offense. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Uh, and the quarterback finding him. I, I forget which game it was earlier. Maybe it was that Patriots game last year where Mitch said, I got to find a way to get him the ball more. Yep. You know, as an offense, we need to do that. And then it sort of did happen, and yeah. then it sort of didn't. Yes. Um, it sounded like, to me, they didn't fully trust him with the game plan. I think they thought they were going to catch the Packers more off guard by using Tariq Cohen in, in the, the slot, slot a lot, literally the entire game. Which kind of takes away Anthony Miller's role. Correct. Some of that, I think, was probably... Because Miller had been injured, and Cohen, they came up with like, all right, let's use Cohen there. And that's going to catch the Packers off guard. It'll help from a strategic standpoint. Well, look, that didn't work, really. And they had that covered. I mean, he had eight catches, but it's not like Tariq Cohen did anything outstanding for you in that game. So, I would have thought in the second half you'd adjust and get Anthony Miller involved more. And then South- I thought they would just simply adjust it and never happen. I know yes. you're right. And so you hear from Mike Furry there. Whatever he did in the game, those 16 snaps, he, it sounded like he lined up properly. He did his things. He didn't catch a pass, but it sounded like he was happy with whatever they look at. He Mike Furry was happy with it. So then he said the week two. All right. I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what it looks like Sunday in Denver. Does he play more? Does he produce more? Does he get more targets? Or is this still a problem? Well, I think the offense is going to be significantly different. There's one word. I know we got to get to the Broncos real quick. Maybe this will be our segue. But when Matt Nagy used the word volume yeah. yesterday, you know there was that talk at late in training camp that they're finally paring things down. Yeah, they need to. They need to pare it down more. Yes. There's you know too what? Much but they did it. I don't think yeah. they did. Yeah. What they did in the first game with different personnel formations, three cones in the slot, it was different. 
there was a lot of volume there. Like Matt Nagy willingly accepted those delayed game penalties because he was putting another personnel and they weren't quick enough to get it in. Yeah. So paring things down, finally, this isn't a negative. This is more of the coaches, really. I think the volume, less volume could not only help the quarterback, but all his skills guys too. You know what I'd love to see? How about a play action? Like old-fashioned like, play action? Yeah, how about just... Old-fashioned play action? Yeah. 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 I think Trubisky could benefit from that. Getting your quarterback... How about getting your running back going? It's just funny. It's funny, though. I mean, we, we got on John Fox and Dow Loggins for, you know... That was different. The most was, simple yeah. offense in the world, and now it's almost like we're on the other extreme. Do you need to go back? And there's probably a middle ground here. Yeah. It's fair. That everybody's more comfortable. Not, not every play action has to be a version of the RPO. Correct. With, you know, and to Nagy's credit, RPOs have traditionally worked for Mitch. Yes. At least they did last year. The Packers were ready for it. Everything goes back to the fact that Mike Patton did a, Mike Patton did a hell of a job. He really did. All right. Um, another challenge this week. The Vic Fangio-led Broncos. You know what we forgot about last week? Mm-hmm. Bold predictions. Oh, how bold do you want to go for this one? <laughs> By the way, we should bring in Joe Romano at this point. What's up, Joe? Yo, what's good? How are you, Joe? <laughs> Just fine. How are you guys? I'm good. You know, hanging in there. It's been a long week. Indeed it has. I made I'm a bold ready. prediction. I guess it was more of a season bold prediction. Yeah, what was that? Uh, leading the league in two-point conversion attempts. Oh, yeah. Which is off to a roaring start. You did do that. I did. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to go for two if you don't score a touchdown. Yeah, I found that out on Thursday. <laughs> uh, I haven't really thought of a bold prediction for this week. I just saw it on my soundboard, and then I was like, oh, we didn't do that. Oh. Let's make one about Trubisky. How okay. about this? Both of us, all three of us. Okay. You go first. <laughs> my idea. You go first. Um, Mitch... Mitchell Trubisky throws for two touchdowns in Denver. Okay. Well, one of them might be a you know a little dump off to a running back, that's, and that's fine. But, it's, but that's fine. Or Willie Wonka or it, something. It, it's fine. But that's like, look, it's getting the ball in the play, in your hands of the playmakers. Yes. Right? That's what. So you didn't do it. You know, Mahomes does that extremely well. Right. Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. So that's fair. Okay. Um, I'm going to say he finishes with a pass rating, so we'll go off yours. Pass rating around or near 95. Okay. What was his pass rating last week? 60-something. 60-something. I got it right here, actually. Mitch Trubisky's passer rating was 62.1. Joe, you got a bold prediction? I sure do. Uh, Derek Carr threw for, what, 85% against the Broncos? Yeah, an insane number. Yeah, so um, Trubisky won't get up to 85%, but I will say it will be 78% or higher. Wow. Yeah. I think the Bears' third down will be better, too. The Broncos allowed 70... um, 70... 71.4% conversion rate on third down yeah. against the Raiders. No, that'll come down. That's a ridiculous number. It is. But that was a problem for them last year, getting off the field on third down. It's a good defense. We keep saying that. It's not the Bears' defense. They don't stop the run as well as the Bears do, and they don't get off the field on third down as well they as the They don't have do. the horses. They don't. They just, they just don't. This could be a long process for Vic Fangio. Again, don't want to overreact the week one game, but just looking at the roster, some of the concerns he had going into the season, it seems to be shaking out just like that. Needs to the teams needs to be rebuilt after yeah. it's been a while. That Super Bowl they had a few years ago with that defense seems a long time ago. Look, never Broncos. They they lost Bradley Roby, cornerback to Houston. They bring in Kareem Jackson from Houston, who's a very versatile player, been around the league for ten years can play safety, can play corner, can play nickel. But they kind of need him right now to play all of them because Bryce Callahan's hurt. I don't think he's going to play Sunday. It doesn't sound good. Same foot injury. So 
Chris Harris, he's a good player. We know that. But their depth at corner right now is being extremely tested. Yeah. All over the secondary. The back end is not good. And if you're Matt Nagy and you're Mitch Trubisky, you got to find a way to exploit that this week. And the the Raiders did but that starts up front. The offensive line needs to play a lot better because the Raiders protected Derek Carr and he got rid of the ball really fast. really fast. Yes, yes. The whole game. Yep. And if Trubisky excels at anything, if his decisions are 1 2, 2.5 seconds, what's the stat? 2.6 seconds. Mm-hmm. He's pretty efficient. Get them comfortable. Establish rhythm. It seems like with their bold predictions, we're all expecting some type of bounce back for Trubisky. This is really it. Like if, if this if it doesn't happen, it's gonna be a long year covering this team, I feel like. Yeah. Season's over. Yep. It's not, but like it's the conversation is already spinning out of control, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean you guys touched on it. For either team, really, whoever goes zero two, it's just going to be the entire the rest of the season. Oh, teams that start zero two miss the playoffs X percent of the time. It's just the headlines already written, so you got to go out there and make sure that it's not about you. This is uncharted territory for the Broncos too. Do you know what? Last year they had a losing record for the second year in a row. It's the first time they've had back to back losing seasons since nineteen seventy two. It's impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. It's really impressive, and they're not really used to this. All right, let's do this. Predictions. 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 Bears 17. Broncos 13. Okay. Bears 20. Broncos 13. Okay. Both of those are covers. The spread's at two and a half now. Was a pick until the Broncos played a football game. Yes. Oh, the Bears are the better team. Go figure. Yeah. Yes. But only a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Bears are. Yes. Joe? Yeah, I got the Bears to win and cover again. Uh, not again, but uh, the Bears to win and cover, 17-10. So I, I, I expect to bounce back. They get a little more, you know, some extra time coming off that Thursday game. And, you know, like you guys said, Broncos just weren't that, all that impressive against a, a mediocre Raiders Guys, team. Joe Flacco's their quarterback. Like... They should have a lot of sacks. <laughs> Get after the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all three of us have the Bears covering. So, yikes. Fade it. That's uh, that's uh, that might be a problem. All right. We don't have turds on this team. All right. Let's get into some other NFL games here. Spent a lot of time there on the Bears and uh, Bears and Packers, Bears and Broncos, all of it. See, we're not even, we're not even over the Packers. It's, it's all a problem. Uh, Vikings and the Packers. They meet on Sunday at Lambeau Field. Packers are three-point favorite noon Sunday on Fox. This should so, be a good game so and tell us a lot more about the North. Absolutely. So it's basically the, the home favorite here. Um, are the Packers good or are the Bears just that bad in week one offensively? I am leaning towards the latter. I think the Bears just were, they stunk. They stunk offensively mm-hmm. against the, the Packers. Is their defense that good? Maybe it is. They spent a lot of money to try to improve it. They got some young pieces in there, so maybe they are a bit better. But you know what? I like what the Vikings got going. I like that they established Alvin Cook last week. Give me the Vikings. They're you know I don't think they just cover. I think they might win this one. Okay. Um, I'm also going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to stick, and this will be a theme here in my picks this week. I'm going to stick with what I thought before week one. In a lot of these games, um, I think the Vikings are better. I think I liked what they established offensively last week. Now, if we learn anything from Mike Pettin, they can adjust. The Packers can with this defense. I think it's good enough to play tough D every week. Um, will they find a way to stop Dalvin Cook? Slow him down, sure. And this game is at Lambeau. It's not. It's not in Minnesota. If this game was in Minnesota, I definitely feel confident about the Vikings. It makes it a little bit tougher, but I am, especially because the Vikings are getting three points here, I am going to take the Minnesota Vikings. In the new segment that you guys rolled out in the exclusive athletic podcast on Tuesday, yes or no? Yes or no. You talked about the uh, best team uh, or who you were more impressed with, and I think it's the Vikings. You know that that game against the Falcons that was a beatdown. And uh, if Dalvin Cook is running and healthy, they are by far the superior team. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk about the Packers and not give them credit for the way that they beat the Bears on uh, Thursday night, but I think that I, I still think that they have a lot of questions to answer. Where you know the Vikings are kind of built and ready to go. Um, so I'll take the points, but I think the Vikings went out right. 
Vic Fangio's conference call mm-hmm. yesterday. Amazing quality. Yes. I would have loved to play some of that for you guys today, but the quality was just not good. Not great. It happened some weeks. Is that our fault or theirs? Um, it's just everybody's. Some weeks it comes <laughs> yeah. in good. Some yeah. weeks it doesn't. You know, I think the NFL has a lot of money. Um, they could probably set up some kind of, uh, you know, Facebook portal. Some conference Sponsorship. Yeah. Get every team a Facebook portal. Mm-hmm. Make this whole thing a lot easier. Yeah. Then we could actually see each other, too. Mm-hmm. What a concept. But, um, you know. Some places it's not 2019. Yeah. All right, the Chargers head to Detroit and play the Lions. Lions are two and a half point home underdog here, noon Sunday on CBS. The Lions were the Lions last week, almost yes. fully. They should have been one to know. Yes, yes, yes. Um, give me the Chargers. They don't miss Melvin Gordon. They almost lost last week, though. Did they not? But still, that's a good football team. Yeah, I'm. Uh... They they were beating the Colts early. Colts are a good football much team. Uh, more convincingly than I thought they would, and then the Colts came back and they covered the spread. Um, lock that one up, baby. The Colts last week, and but I was impressed with the Chargers overall. They're a much better. It's a good team. Yeah, they're a much better team than the Lions in my mind. So not only not only am I going to take the Chargers, but you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, that's a great lock. Chargers play really well on the road. I think it's not a good thing when your best playmaker on offense is a tight end from Iowa. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers too here. Uh, Iowa. All right, uh, we'll keep it moving here. Yeah, man, who wants to get tackled? The Saints head to Los Angeles. This is a good game. Up against the Bears game, 325 Sunday on Fox. The Rams, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against the New Orleans What's Saints. What's the over-under in this one? Uh, I mean, it's got to be up there. Give me a second to yeah, pull it okay, up. Okay, so I'll give you my analysis on the game. I, I think overall, the Saints are the better team. Rams at home obviously have the advantage. That's why you have the line the way it is. It's going to be high scoring, man. It's going to be like the Chiefs-Rams of last year where people say this is the new era of football. I don't know if it's going to mean that. Um, I think we all learned our lesson about that game. Um, Things just tend not to carry over week to week. Um, But this will be a high-scoring affair. Give me the... Give me the Saints. I'm picking three row teams in a row here, but I think the Saints win this one. All right, uh, your over/under is fifty-two. By the 52. way, fifty-two. For comparison, the Bears Broncos at forty point five. Okay, significant. So, significant. I thought, it, I thought it'd be even lower than that. But. The Bears one. Yes. Yeah, they're begging you to go under. Um, I'm going to take the Saints here too. I thought they were pretty impressive against the Texans. I know it got dicey there at the end, um, but. They look good for the most part. I know the Texans came out roaring, but they they handle things at home. I just I don't know what it is about the Rams. I'm well. I think they're due for a down year still. Yeah, and Golf was Golf was not. He kind of has the same issues with Trubisky. Like anything over ten yards, that completion percentage goes straight down. Yeah, and, and so that concerns me. Drew Brees. He's, you talk about getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers and that system with Sean Payton. I'm going to take the Saints here. Joe? Yeah, I hate that we agree agree so much, but this <laughs> this seems like a big-time revenge game. And I'm sure, you know, professional athletes, it's it's in one, out the other, but that is a that is a tough way to lose on that pass. I mean, they added the pass interference rule because of the way the Saints lost. Yeah. Um, I think they go in there motivated to, to beat a team that really they did beat in the NFC Championship last year. Um, so if you're giving me points, I'll take them, but I think the Saints went out right. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles go to Atlanta. The Falcons are a one-and-a-half-point home underdog. This is your Sunday night game, 7-20 on NBC. I don't think the Falcons are good. They might not be. I think Matt Ryan might have some problems. I think I feel like this has been a conversation in the NFL publicly and in circles for a little bit. Like I think he's on the decline. 
He had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, yeah. But does he have it still? I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Not a good opener. Not a good opener. Um, give me the Eagles. Another home team. I'm going to lock this one up to my, my, my friend. I think the Eagles are a route. Okay, but the Eagles are on the road here. I know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm picking all road teams here. Sorry. Okay, I yes. see what you're saying. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I think the Falcons bounce back, play much better this week at home in that uh, environment. Carson Wentz looked good last week, though. Real good. Go, I'm going back with what I was saying earlier. I'm going to stick with what I thought before week one. Carson Wentz looked great. The Eagles came back. I don't know why they were down 17-0 or what went into that, but they came back. They won comfortably. I think they're really good. Eagles. Joe? Yeah, you know, when they want to turn it on, they really can. Eagles are a fun team to watch, but that's weird to go down at home against the Redskins. Um, I'm not ready to give up on the Falcons like John Z is. Um, I think they should be getting more points than a point and a half, but uh, I will take the Falcons here. I, I like them at home. Uh, Julio Jones is uh, destined for a breakout game. How confident do I sound, buddy? <laughs> not very. Oh. How big is the round? Uh... I'm not sure how thick it is, but I think it's it's probably kind of thick. Yeah. All right, we go to Monday night. How about this game? We're picking a Browns game. We're picking a Browns-Jets game. But it's kind of an intriguing game. At least it was. We found out right before the podcast, Sam Darnold has mono. Mononucleosis. The kissing disease. Yeah. Okay. Are you still like a, a high schooler where you judge that? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give you my mono story. I had a friend in college okay, right, who hated his roommate so much. Do we want to hear this story? Yes. That when it's gross. Really. It's gross. No. That when he got mono, he hated his roommate so much. Went around his room and like licked his cups oh. and like his books. It was disgusting. When he told us this, we were aghast. Literally like gagging that he did this. Appalling. But that's my mono story. I've Still never friends had with it. him? Still friends. Wow. So, give me the Browns. I'm picking all the road teams this week. That was the weirdest analysis <laughs> we've ever had on a pick. I hope he listens to this podcast this week. Uh, I think the Browns will bounce back big. Not having Sam Darnold. That means Trevor Simeon will be starting for the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, oh, it's got to be Browns here. I don't feel great about this either way, but I'm going to go Browns. Is this an updated line since the Darnold in it, no, injury? No, it's not. And I just tried to get an updated line, and maybe it it's off says, the board. It still says two and a half. Oh, hmm. Jets are two and a half point underdogs. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think ESPN could have done us a favor and given us a Browns Monday night game against somebody that we actually care about. You know, that's the first thing about this game. Um, but yeah, another team that'll bounce back after the first week. Browns clearly have some legit playmakers. They just need to play a little bit more. A lot like the the Bears, they didn't play in the preseason. You know, let uh, let 13 and 80 get open for, for Baker. I think this is a big game in New York for the Browns, and uh, they easily cover two and a half. And uh, even though that number's probably going up, I'll, I'll, I'll take them. All right. All right, we'll keep it moving. Gonna stay in the Big Ten this week with the college football games, and it's an Ohio State game. So hopefully, Adam Johns will actually care. I do. The Buckeyes go to Indiana. Wasn't Indiana supposed to be good this year? Or better, improved. I don't know why I think this, but I feel like Ohio State plays in Indiana every year. Yeah, I mean that can't be accurate, but it feels like it is. Uh, 11 a.m. Saturday on Fox. The Hoosiers are 16 and a half point underdogs at home. I have a stat for you. Ooh, some research. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Even though you sent these over at 8 a.m. Yeah. Do your research. Joe, how about that? Huh? Anyway. <laughs> Do you know the Buckeyes have won 23 consecutive meetings? It's going to be twenty-four. Oh, against Indiana. Yes. I, I, now over. that you said it, yes, I do yes, remember yes. that. They're yeah. just going to run house over this team. Yes, better team, better program, better everything. I think it'll be somewhat close early, and then Justin Fields gets going, and he looks really good, and the Buckeyes win big. Yes. 
Yeah, nope. bigger than big. I mean, 16 and a half, that's like a first half line. Come on. I mean, <laughs> at, even at home, that's they can't hang with Ohio State. They had trouble, and I know, you know, things change, but a couple weeks ago, Ball State was taking them to, to, the, to the edge. I mean, Ohio State is a legit top five team in the country. They are going to crush the Hoosiers. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. That is real talk. Hard to debate that right now. Uh, Arizona State at number 18, Michigan State. This was, uh, Arizona State won this game last year, right? Out they there. did indeed. Yeah, in Tempe, and it was a good game. It was a later game, I believe. And the fighting Herm Edwards is, Herm Edwards is, is took it to Michigan State, got the win. Much different scenario, 3 p.m. Saturday on Fox, back in East Lansing. Sparty's got a good defense. Arizona State's got a freshman quarterback. Yeah. They like him a lot. Wasn't he a top 50 recruit? 14 points is a lot. It is. It is. It is. I mean, Michigan State's going to win. Didn't they just struggle last week against Tulsa? Was it Tulsa they played? Don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, give me Michigan State. I was too busy watching Colorado cover against Nebraska. Okay. Um. Give me Arizona State to cover. Yeah, I think it's close, closer than the uh, than the line suggests here. Michigan State always kind of struggles a little bit early on in the season. You know, with some of these games, I think it's a little bit closer than most think. So give me Arizona State to cover, but Sparty wins the game. Joe? Yeah, I'm on the same boat there. Michigan State so much better as an underdog, and you weren't lying about the defense. Willikis is a, is a dude. Raquan Williams yes. from Chicago, another dude. Um, and they got basically the whole secondary coming back. Um, really good team up there in East Lansing, but 14 points does seem like a touch much. I'll, I'll, I'll take them to win the game, but not cover the 14. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Last game of the week in a rivalry game. Number 19, Iowa. Looked pretty good so far. At Iowa State, playing without David Montgomery. The Cyclones, two and a half point underdogs at home, 3 p.m. Saturday on Fox Sports 1. Give me Iowa. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I mean, sometimes these, these series between these two... You get some surprises, but... Yeah, I was going to say, do you have any yeah. rules in games like this? You always have rules about your picking college games. Oh, it's not at night, so you could throw out the... Uh, yeah, throw out the records. It's a rivalry game. Not much record so far. Well, Iowa's won the last, what, four? Five? Four here. Yeah. They've started to seize the series a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, defense looks good. will be a little bit different going on the road, but uh, I think they win. I think they cover the two and a half. First time Ames is hosting game day, so it should be rowdy. It should be a lot of fun there. Iowa State clearly was looking at Iowa last week when they struggled to beat Northern Iowa in overtime. Um, I mean, who needs overtime to beat a, a lesser ranked, you know, lesser team when they're at home? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know who to. I mean, maybe Michigan. Don't, don't bring it up, dude. Uh, yeah. So I will take Iowa State. Um, after partying with Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Lee Corso, they they went outright against the Hawkeyes. All right, there you go. There's your picks. Um, this just in from the NFL. NFL extends partnership with Facebook. That's really weird that I just brought that up as a thing and then it happened. They're always listening, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be almost, careful. Facebook is Mark Zuckerberg's listening to this podcast as we're recording it. It's not even out yet. Yes. And he is somehow listening to You got the Facebook app running? Pull the trigger. Now, this has nothing to do with my idea, which is get a Facebook portal in every media room in the country. But I I think that should be part of this thing. I think Mark's got a couple dollars he could throw out there to make this happen. Mm -hmm. There are literally companies in this country that make their millions off like servicing conference calls. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Good episode. Good stuff. Big week. Bears got to win this one. Mitch Trubisky's got to play better. Stating the obvious there. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, Joe Romano, at Joey Joe Rowe. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. The Athletic, theathletic.com. Can you still get that deal? 
Yeah. Yep. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Hogan Johns. 40% off your subscription. If you're not getting that, you're not getting our bonus episode. And there was a good one the other day. You can go back and listen to the it. Voicemails are there. The voicemails. Good job with those, by the way. Well, the voicemail line open again this week. 312-222-5050. And it's Hogue and Johns. When you're typing it into the URL, Hogue and Johns. Not Hogan, Johns. Okay? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Clarify. I don't A-N-D. know. I don't know how many people were doing that, but... Were they really? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Hogan? Hogan. Who's Hogan? <laughs> I don't know. Hogan Johns. See you guys. We'll talk to you after the game on Sunday. All right, let's continue this love fest.